Americans are capable of achieving extraordinary things when they have the freedom and opportunity to do so. This is American Potential, and here's your host, Jeff Crank. All right, welcome to another edition of American Potential. America is filled with potential, and that's one of the great things about the name of the podcast, but just about the country that we live in, and there's so much good about America, and I, I run across people from time to time who say, oh, I don't know if America is that great anymore. I'll tell you what, I think we have gotten to the point where we've had so much prosperity for so many years that we just forget. And one of the best ways to remind us of it is to talk to people who immigrated to the United States and who at least have that memory of what it's like in other places. And I'm, I'm really pleased to have Cesar Grajales, who is the public affairs director for the Libre Initiative, joining me. He has an amazing story. His family has an amazing story, and it's going to make you so proud to be an American and to, to understand the importance of people coming and renewing that faith, coming to America, immigrating to the United States, keeping us focused on the greatness of America, the things that make us great, but also just it will warm your heart to hear the story. Cesar, thanks for joining us. Thank you, Jeff. I'm happy to be here. And thank you for your kind words. Thank you very much. Yeah, you bet. Okay, so first of all, let's talk about where you came from. You came from Colombia. Born and raised in Colombia. Um, and uh, I was born and raised in a small town in Colombia. Uh, my family, um, coming from a very humble uh, origins, my family used to have in, back in Colombia, a clothing business. Mom and dad always had been a very entrepreneurial. But sadly, because the bad, first of all, bad policies, guerrillas, violence, and everything back at the end of the 90s, uh, my family and I was forced to leave Colombia. And in that sense, my dad thought about what country will I pick to continue raising my family, right? My sister and I. So he thought about the United States. He and my mom, um, they thought about applying for a political asylum. And because the civil unrest at that moment in Colombia, almost a failed state, um, that political asylum was granted. And we ended up coming to the United States back in, 20, in 2000, actually. Yeah. So that was like 23 years ago already. Right. How old were you at the time? So I was 18, 19 years old. Okay. Um, and before that, I was never actually visiting any other country before. So I was in that little town. So obviously immigrating out of Colombia, <laughs> but specifically from a very little town, small town, to a big city like Miami, that was impactful. That yeah. was powerful. And actually that uh, stays in my memory the time, the day that I arrived to the United States. Yeah, you were talking about that. So what was the day and time you got here? November 14, 1.14 p.m. Never forget that. <laughs> because not only getting into a big city after living in a small town in Colombia, but also that was also my first time seeing the Atlantic Ocean. So it was many things happening that same day that I, I won't forget ever. That, yeah. that, that very very moment. What what are some of the things you remember, just that really struck you as you as you first arrived here? You know, just just thinking back through. You know, I, I've heard 
people talk about the first time they went into mm-hmm. a grocery store and they just couldn't believe all the choices that mm-hmm. you had on the shelves. Or do you have any stories like that? Yes, Jeff. I would say this, and 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 I think every single immigrant who was born in a little town in Latin America will. I I, I promise you, they experienced this. So when I got here. And when I got into Miami, obviously I saw everything bigger. Like, wow, when I get out of the airport, police officer, the the limousine outside, right? <laughs> the buildings, the highways. Yeah. And that was like being in a movie. That was like, wow, this is amazing. But then years later, when I became a US citizen and all the stuff, well, years later, that I went back to Colombia to visit my grandma. <laughs> then I saw my little town really small like a, okay yeah. <laughs> so that gave me to think perspective is everything and it's yeah. important and i think that you open the podcast with something very important people who were born here in the united states sometimes they lose perspective of the greenness of this country yeah i i was on the radio doing a radio interview last week and i said america is the greatest country in the world and i, I said that and i had a listener who texted in and said, you know, they were kind of grousing about it. How, well, how is mm-hmm. America the greatest? And I mean, uh, I let's tell hear you it how. from you. Tell me how. When I heard that, I, I, I can't confirm that yeah. statement, yeah. Jeff. Because again, people who were born here, they lose perception of why this country is great. Family and I arrived to this country. And my story is the story of millions of immigrants who arrived to this country without anything right so dad and i arrived first to miami we didn't have enough money to bring my sister and my mother eighty dollars eighty dollars yes and we used that money to pay for the first night of hotel and and then uh we didn't have any friends per se or family members or someone to call but my dad remember that back in colombia he used to do business with a woman that that woman have uh has a, a sister in miami so he called that woman and said hey hi i'm here with my son i used to do business with your sister back in colombia yeah. we pay for the first night of the hotel last night uh we we don't have a place to stay today but we're looking for a job opportunity or something so not she, a handout not a handout job. Yeah. so she said um i'm a manager in a bakery uh, if you guys come by, we might be, we figure it out. We find out something. So it's in Miami Beach. So we went to that place. And that very, the very same day, my dad um, started cleaning the bakery. I was starting, you know, helping out, whatever. They told me, do you know, you know how to make cookies? And I said, yes. No clue. <laughs> Didn't know anything. <laughs> but but I said, had, yes. You had to sell yourself. Can I said, yes. <laughs> I know how to make cookies. Right. Everybody survived, by the way. <laughs> So, uh, yeah, I did, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and then from there, um, m- my family is very Catholic. And this woman in this bakery, she also was Catholic. So she took us to the church the following Sunday. So we met with the, with the priest. Um, and eventually we, we, we went to the church. On Monday, this woman left to, she went to the work, to the bakery. My, mom, my dad and I stayed to in, in her home. And then my dad said, you know what? Let's go back to the church and let's talk to the priest. We can find something more stable and, and related to work. 
we went back. We, we met with the priest. The priest said, you know what? You told to my dad, you and your son, you guys remind me of me and my dad leaving Cuba and going to Spain. So come back to the, serve, to the mass. Uh, the following day, I'm going to introduce you to the, to the community officially. And then because that priest introduced you to the community, then the community gives us the opportunity to work in many other different fields like uh, gardening, cleaning, you know, houses, things like that. Eventually, we were working in construction, giving away flyers in the street, promoting businesses, doing a lot of stuff that gives us the opportunity to save enough money to bring my mom and my sister. And, and then it was my mom also working cleaning houses. So it, were, so it was three incomes already. Mm-hmm. But mom and dad, they have the idea and the desire to open the same little shop uh, that they have back in Colombia, clothing again, business. And they save enough. They buy the first sewing machine. And one day, my mom told me, son, there is an ad in the computer that says that he's a famous designer looking for a seamstress. And I said, a computer, famous designer, mom? <laughs> Sounds like a scam to me. <laughs> anyway, if you want to go to yeah. this interview, yeah. I go with you. And, and, I, and I went with her and yeah, it was a famous designer that she, he needed a, a seamstress. Mom ended up getting that job. And she ended up working with this guy for five or six years. Then he got hired in a very famous uh, fashion house in, in, in France. So all those customers, clients, plus the money that mom and dad saved, they already have some machines. So he ended up, they ended up opening a um, um, studio, fashion studio in downtown Miami. And until today, they're still working in that field. So from those $80, they own their own business now. And my mom, for the past years, had been uh, receiving this Yelp award, like uh, people love us, love us in Yelp. So apparently the, all the customers are happy with yeah. the services that they provide. And, and, and now they're independent, working in their own business. In my case, though, so... One of the things that I, I always say, Jeff, the immigrants brings to the country different tools, right? They either are um, maybe doctors or lawyers and they uh, go to, again to the university and they uh, validate their credentials. Others are uh, barbers or construction or whatever. In my case, when I was a kid, I studied classical music. So one of the tools that I brought was music. One day painting a house, a guy told me that he knew someone that uh, was a guitar player for two Spanish media outlets, famous Spanish media outlets, Univision and Telemundo. He was playing in the house band. And then I said, I want to meet that guy. Uh, maybe he introduced me to someone. I already know how to play the guitar or something. So eventually I met the guy, year later, that guy introduced me to his boss and his boss gave me a chance to play with someone. And I ended up playing the guitar for five years in Miami with different uh, artists. So how I ended up in 
community service slash politics policy. This is an interesting story. <laughs> so 17 years ago, so it was like five years after I arrived to Miami, uh, five, six years, I was, uh, I was playing soccer in, in Miami, Sunday. And then I see a guy running towards a group of friends. And then he said, can I play with you guys? And I said, yes, of course. I'm one of those guys who likes to meet people and say hello. And what's your story, right? Yeah. So the, that, was, that was a Sunday. The game ended. Friends left and I stay. This, this is leading to my story, right? How I ended up here. So I, I ended up with this guy talking like, so what do you do? And then he told me, well, I used to work in the White House until recently. I'm now in uh, Televisa, which is a Univision company. And that was Daniel Garza, founder of, yeah. uh, president of uh, the Libre Initiative. So at that moment, Libre Initiative didn't exist, obviously. He was doing something completely different, but he and I developed a friendship. And we developed a friendship also through music. In fact, he came to one of my shows during that time when I was a, a musician. A few years later, he told me about, hey, I, I, I got a call from a group in Washington. They are creating a Latino, Hispanic organization to talk about freedom, economy freedom, conservative values, and, um, and remind to our people why we came here in the first place, right? So when he finished talking and all this stuff, I said, Dan, I don't have experience in politics. I don't have experience in grassroots at all. But the message resonates with me. And if you allow me, I want to contribute in two ways. Number one, at that moment, I was writing an article for a newspaper in Mexico about music. So I know how to write an article and I probably can switch to topics in the United States that are impacting the Latino community. I give you those articles to you. You do whatever you want and post it in a website or, or whatever. Two months later, he called me back and he said, Fox News Latino want to publish one of your articles. At, that, at the moment, Fox has a Fox News Latino mm -hmm. department. And then that was kind of a, the first official interaction with the Libre Initiative right at the very beginning. So two months after they created it. And then I said, I can start reaching out people here in events, going to church and talking to the community. So I'll say that was the first grassroots experience that I had. And in fact, I was the first volunteer for Libre in Florida. And that led me to an opportunity of an interview with, um, with the network for the field director role. At that moment was a field director instead of GED or GE, I think it's yeah, right engagement now. Engagement director. Yeah, yeah. exactly. So at that moment was field director. So I ended up getting the job as a field director in Miami. Eventually it was the state director for Libre, um, regional director. When we merged officially with AFP, it became a, the coalition's director, spokesperson. And then um, my role now as a public affairs director. So that's my story. I've been with the network, with Libre, and with the community service for the past 12 years already. And let me tell you, my friend, I think the way I see this is that being part of Libre and being part of the Stand Together community, to me, is the way I can, I can give back to the United States just a little of everything 
that my family and I have received from this country that is so generous. And going back to your point, that losing perspective about, about the United States and some people who were born here in the country, this country is so generous, it's so great, that my story and the story of millions of people, I don't see that being possible in any other country than the United States. Yeah, yeah and that's so true. Uh, do you ever think, does your family ever think about if you hadn't come to the United States, what, what would life be like? I mean, who knows, right? I don't even know, yeah. honestly. Yeah. In my case, for instance, no clue. Because something that I learned about the United States is that your effort is, is really the, the coin that is going to take you mm-hmm. up in your life. It's a different story in other countries. And I can say this for at least my experience in Colombia. If you don't know this person or if you don't belong to this ex, you know, circle or group of people, it's going to be very difficult for you to move up in life. Mm-hmm. Here, it's about effort. You can, you can grow up. You can go up. Yeah. If you put the, the effort, any business, whatever it is, you can move up in life. Yeah. And help, not only help you, but also help your community along the way. Yeah. Because you create jobs or uh, you, you're, you are impacting those communities right. in a positive way. What, what is it? What is it about the United States? There's, I, I mean, as I'm thinking about it, there's so many things. One, we have a rule of law that yes. we follow, right? And that's really important because mm-hmm. if, you, if you enter into a contract with someone and they, they don't fulfill the contract, there's like a, a method, there's a legal system Correct. That, will, that will hold people accountable to that. That's really something mm-hmm. that I think we take for granted Correct. in the United States, right? Yeah, I agree. Um, we have the free market mm-hmm. system. Mm-hmm. Sometimes government interferes too much in that and mm-hmm. skews it uh, mm-hmm. towards one side or another. But that's a really important part. I mean, you talked about your, your parents coming here and being able to succeed, but, but that was because we live in a country that, that has all those things that we take for granted, like a free market system, like the rule of law. What is it about America that's so special? I think it, what makes United States special is that the country is based in the individual effort. If you put an effort in what you do, the respect, the freedom to that effort of that individual, I yeah. think is, got, is what really makes the United States special. Besides all the things that you just mentioned, yeah. which is key and essential. Again, if you as an individual put all your effort and whatever it is, it is that you're doing, you're most likely going to succeed in that process. And if it doesn't happen, there is always an opportunity to create more and, and, and to eventually develop something that is going to make you successful. And Cesar, that comes too from our, our Bill of Rights, and yes. our, our Constitution, Correct. right? That all of, we value individuals mm-hmm. here over the collective or over Correct. the state, right? And so what your choice may be may be very different than mine, but we value that here. And I'm going to give you a quote. I'm sorry, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get it from here. That I, I save it because yeah. it's my favorite quote, and I don't want to chop it. Yeah. But I think it's strong and it's, it's fantastic when you talk about the in, individual. Yeah. So Alexander Solzhenitsyn, I'm sorry if I... <laughs> You did pretty well. Solzhenitsyn, okay. right? Yeah. That's very good. His story is fantastic. If you don't know about him, please read a book, read his story. But Absolutely. this quote is my favorite quote. Human beings are born with different capacities. 
If they are free, they are not equal. And if they are equal, they are not free. Hmm. Isn't that amazing? That is amazing. Yeah. So it means that the results are not going to be the same for everybody. But at least if you are free, you're free to try. And I think that's the, one of the greatness of this country. Yeah. That you are free to try. You may not end up being like Bill Gates or Jeff Bezos, <laughs> but you are going to do pretty well for you and your family. Yeah. If you try, right? But again, those differences in results is what makes this country great instead of other countries that reward the collective, the collective results. Yeah, at the end, we already know that ended up failing for the rest mm -hmm. of the community. You know, we've talked about this in the, in the network. Actually, Charles Koch, I remember listening to him one time talk about this, but I can't remember what the number was. It seemed like it was like about $48,000 a year. If you make $48,000 a year in the United States, and this has probably changed a little, but not much, you are one of the top 1% of the wage earners in the world. I right? know. And, and like, we just take that for granted. That, I remember back in 2011 or yeah. 12 with the, you guys remember the 1% movement, yeah. or the 99% movement in, in New York, yeah. and people protesting and all this stuff. Again, going back to the point, people lose focus about the greatness of the country. And they just focus on that. People who already did pretty well for themselves, they're super rich, nothing wrong with that. In my opinion, that's fantastic. Yeah. Uh, that those families and those peoples are doing great. But collectively, the United States is doing great that many other countries precisely because the freedoms that we have in this country. Yeah. Being the 1% in the world, that says a lot. That's yeah. a lot. Yeah. I don't think any other country can say that pretty yeah. well. Like my, yeah. my, my, my society is doing that well that we are the 1% of the world. I don't, I don't, I don't know yeah. what country. Uh, you know, I, I remember a time I traveled to Africa a couple of times. We went there one time and I remember this little boy uh, who every time we would drive by, we would see him and he was playing with a stick out in the yard, like mm -hmm. just in the dirt, playing mm -hmm. with a stick. And I told my wife, she was going into town. I said, you know, when you're in town, why don't you, if you can buy him some toys, like mm -hmm. bring 30, 40 bucks, buy him toys. She said, oh, I will. She came back from the town and she came up to me. She goes, Jeff, they don't sell toys. They don't sell toys in the town. She couldn't find them anywhere. And it, it really struck me, you know, mm -hmm. toys are a luxury, right? right? To a kid, yeah. they, they don't sell them there. So my daughter ended up giving him a little Happy Meal car from mm -hmm. a McDonald's Happy Meal. And it, you, you would have thought we gave him a chunk of gold, you know. Mm -hmm. but, but that story to me always brought home, when you live in America and you, you walk into a store and you've got every toy, you've got three aisles worth of toys you can have, you tend to take that for granted and you forget the greatness of the place in which you're living. Correct. And sometimes for people, let's say, um, let's use as an example, Latin America, that many countries had suffered from socialism, socialism or um, tyrants that are ruling the country like Venezuela, things like that. Those people who emigrated to the United States and then eventually that second generation who are born here, they also tend to lose focus and forget the reason why their families in the place in the first place left their country of origin behind and i think it, the the one of the most important things for in, in our group and stand together is to keep reminding just uh, 
people who weren't born here, but everybody in general, the values that are we preserving in this country, again, constitution, which is the base of the country, uh, the freedoms that we have, and why our families left our country of origin in the first place. In my case, as an immigrant, that's something that I always try to re you know, remember what, what was the reason. And, and educate or communicate or re remind that to my community and to at least to my neighbors and my people. Keep that conversation going to not lose perspective, again, to the greatness of the United States. One of the great things that the Libre Initiative does is kind of talk about these issues that we're talking about mm -hmm. today in the Hispanic community. A, a lot of people in the Hispanic community, I think, are very aligned on, on yeah. these issues. They understand it. Right. Many of them come from a background like you have mm -hmm. or came from a country that's mm -hmm. socialist. How do we go from that uh, and, and, and make sure that future generations fully understand that, whether they're Hispanic or, or not Hispanic? How do we continue to ignite that fire and passion in them for freedom and liberty? I think if Ronald Reagan was clear when he said the freedom, you can pass it through uh, the bloodstream, right? Or right. It has to be a continuous conversation with the generation. I think it right here is to continue having that conversation, those events, even if we sounds like a broken record with um, in events or something, it is important that you, if you belong to a, a community group like Libre or AFP or the Stand Together community, to keep that conversation going with your neighbors, with your family, uh, if you had kids with your children, I think it's important right now having in mind what is happening in the educational system in the United States. So it's important to keep that conversation about the greatness of the United States with your children too. I think it's, that's essential uh, to those new generation. Explain to them why the United States is, is, is great and why the United States, the United States besides of, you know, uh, all the problems that we might have in the country, still the greatest country in the world. And, and I think that's essential. Keep that conversation going. The younger generations, people who are in, at the college right now, but also who, I want to make a, a distinction here, Jeff. There are uh, people who immigrated to the United States. There are different groups that we experience different in the country. In my case, for instance, people who immigrated here, there was already a teenager or 20 years, 21 years old. <clears throat> people who were born here, I, I want to make that distinction specifically with Latino who Hispanics. We, the perception that we have is different. We already touched a little bit about that mm -hmm. because we have that experience in our country origin, very fresh, is still there, right? Why we left. But that second generation, the people who weren't born here, yeah. is still part of the Latino or, or identify as a Latino, Hispanic, but they weren't born here. They lose a little bit of touch about why those parents or grandparents left their country of origin. And I think there, in our case, is part of the... Um, the goal to keep that conversation going in those generations too, because yeah. I think it's, it's key and important. You talk about and being from Florida. I mean, this is such a big issue, but you talk, you know, I, I notice all the time that Cuban Americans who mm -hmm. came here, you know, 
sailed across, built a raft and mm-hmm. came across shark infested waters to flee Fidel Castro mm-hmm. and some of the policies that they had and the socialism that they had come to the United States. Their grandfathers now in a lot of cases and their grandchildren don't understand why their grandparents made that trip. Correct. And then they, when the, when the election cycle comes around, they ended up voting for um, politicians that are promising pretty much the same thing that their parents or the grandparents <laughs> left behind. Right. Right. That's crazy. But I think we should not lose faith in the community and on the contrary, that's, there's an incentive to keep going, having that conversation with the people. Just this past weekend, the Libre Initiative was knocking on doors. We are not in a, a election cycle already, but I think going out and having that conversation, even off election season, is important keeping the community engaged and keeping the conversation about freedom and, 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 and the greatness of the country out there every single day is key and essential. The grassroots part is essential, especially reaching out those young generation that maybe they lose track or they forget why their families uh, came here in the first place. Yeah. Do you think we get, we get addicted to TikTok and we get our phones and we, we get looking at Facebook or, you know, Instagram or whatever. And we get so focused on that that we maybe lose sight of the, we get the too real comfy. reasons. Yeah. We get too comfy. Yeah. Like, a, again, I think you brought up a great uh, point early. You know how difficult it is for families, for families, not for individuals, for families to buy a cell phone in other countries besides the United States. Right. Any country in Latin America. When you travel, when you go to those places like you, when you went to Africa. Yeah. And you see how difficult it is and how they appreciate something like just that McDonald car that you yeah. that your daughter gave to the yeah. to the kid. Right. Then you understand that in the United States sometimes our society get too comfy. And this is this is normal. I'm just go to the store and buy a cell phone that it costs a thousand dollars, something like that. <laughs> right. You know how difficult is that around the world? Yeah. So I think in that regard, we need to keep having that conversation with the community. Yes, United States give you that opportunity to do that, to go to the store and buy a $1,000 phone, for instance, or something, or whatever you buy. But that's not the reality of many countries around the world or the many families or individuals around the world. So if you value that, which is, you're also your effort because you're buying it with your, with your work and everything, freedoms. That, only that should give you the perspective of why we should fight for this country, for the right policies and keep this com- country going. And let me tell you one thing. In many other countries, criticize the United States. Um, and, and I guess that's a, a narrative of the extreme left in many other countries. But United States have provided value not only for his own people in, inside the country, but also for many people around the world through many other initiatives, through many uh, projects. So not only the United States is great for the people of the United States, but also for many people around the world. And I think it, in that regard, we need to keep going and, and electing the right 
policy champions and policy leaders because I think firmly the United States is the country that inspire many societies and many other nations. Fortunately, lately, we haven't had the right leadership in the country. And, and I think in, we need better lead, leadership so we continue being that nation, that beacon of freedom that shines for so many people that has lost faith in their country of origin. Yeah, so well put. So well put. Cesar, how do people, if they want to get involved with the Libre Initiative, how do they do that? Well, um, we are in Instagram, we are in uh, Facebook, uh, Twitter, but we had offices in 12 different states. But I'm going to make it easy for the people who is listening to this, people who is watching this podcast, and you can call me directly if you want. And I'm going to point you, let's say you are in Texas or you are in Arizona or New Mexico, I'm going to reply to you. We connecting you to the person in your state or your municipality. So my phone number, Miami, 786-260-9283, 786-260-9283. If you're interested in joining our movement, our group, our organization, our family, call me and I put you in contact with someone that is close to you. That's awesome. And now that I have your phone number, we're going to have to have you back as a guest because I don't have any excuses now, right? I'll be so happy to be back and tell more <laughs> stories that I heard when I knock indoors and talk to people. Fantastic stories that they have also to share. Yeah. Cesar, thank you so much for all you do. Appreciate it. Best wishes to your family. Thank you. Uh, it's such a great American story. I love it. Thank you, Jeff. Thank you very much. And I want to highlight something that I think is key here. When you hear someone like me with accent, just think about this. That person have a story to tell. Yeah, they have a story to tell. There's that, something there. That everyone should listen to and every American should listen to, right? Yeah, and don't forget the greatness of the United States. Please, this country has given me so much to me, my family, to your family. Don't lose track. Don't lose focus. Country's great. We need to protect our freedoms. We need to elect better leadership in the country. This is the country. I, I, and, I, and I promise you, as an immigrant coming here without nothing, couldn't achieve what I achieved already in this time in my life in any other country besides the United States. That's awesome. So well put. And uh, it's, it's great to have Cesar here to tell that story. And we've got to listen to those stories. Those are the stories that remind us how great this uh, country is. So many of us have it. Uh, it might be two, three, four generations back or more even in some cases, but we all have that great story about why our ancestors came to the United States. And so stories like this remind us of that, and we've got to remind future generations of why their ancestors came. Because as the podcast says, America truly does have potential. Thanks for joining us. Thank you for listening to American Potential. You may listen to more stories from Americans working every day to expand freedom and opportunity in their communities by visiting AmericanPotential.com.